Hello, everybody. It's another emergency podcast since we last spoke. Uh, feels like 24 hours ago. Antonio Brown has been released by the Raiders. In fact, I am so cloudy. This might be the fifth or sixth Antonio Brown emergency podcast this week. It's me, Ryan Wilson. Will Brinson actually is indisposed. He's getting his toupee reaffixed. Uh, he's actually at the NC State game. So he is, he's literally going to text in his statement on, on this as we get into it. But, uh, John, John's here. Sean's here. John, why don't you give us a quick recap? Like, I honestly have no idea where we're at in this saga other than Antonio Brown's currently out of a job. How do we get to this point? Well, I think this is emergency podcast number three over the past 24 hours. Uh, since you guys last spoke with BMAC and Brinson yesterday, Friday night, people might have been in bed. They might have gone out to get drinks, so you might have missed what happened. But uh, Antonio Brown decided to release a YouTube video that included a recording of John Gruden. It was a phone call. We don't actually know if Gruden knew he was being recorded. It might have been illegal because California is not a two-party consent state. So there are a lot of red flags right there. It came out that Gruden said that he was okay with this recording. He thought it was awesome, but that's just Gruden saving face. I can't imagine any NFL coach wants to be illegally recorded and have that thrown out on the Internet. And then obviously Saturday morning, Antonio Brown drops an Instagram at like 8 a.m., 6 a.m. Pacific time. Uh that says, hey, guys, release me. Sean, you know all about Pacific time. You were probably sleeping at 6 a.m. Pacific. I'm catching up still. He's still catching up to this. So Antonio drops the Instagram. Two hours later, the Raiders grant him his wish, and that is where we are right now. Let's And also, just to reiterate, on Friday morning, 24 hours ago, it seemed like things were fine because Antonio Brown, you know, reportedly apologized to the team. Gruden said he was playing on Monday night. So we all kind of thought, okay, the saga's over. Um, I believe Mina Kimes of ESPN tweeted about how at this point they're like that couple that always fights, but you've stopped paying attention to them because you know they're not going to break up. And it really felt that way because it felt like nothing could break them up, except now they have broken up. And one thing I left out is we also found out that Antonio Brown was going to be fined uh, for his threatening to beat up his boss. So that happened Wednesday. Adam Schefter reported Friday night a fine was probably going to come out. We didn't know how much that fine was going to be. Saturday morning, we find out that fine was going to be more than $200,000, and it was also going to void out all his guarantees. And then that is where Antonio Brown kind of lost and said, if you're not going to give me my guaranteed money, uh, I don't want to play for this team. So 24 hours ago, I saw that BMAC Brinson Wilson emergency podcast feels like it was three years ago. But I asked BMAC <laughs> specifically, do you think that Antonio Brown understands that even though this – 30 million is guaranteed in air quotes. It ain't guaranteed if he doesn't show up on the first day or he does things leading up to the, the week one game, uh, to, to void that out if that's what the Raiders try to do. And, and BMAC said, I don't think he knows that. He said, I didn't know, um, I didn't read the contract line for line when I was a player. I just saw guaranteed, but he also said I wasn't always getting in trouble. So it wasn't something that concerned me. Um, I want to read really quickly, uh, what AB posted on Instagram Saturday morning when Sean was in REM sleep. Uh, here's what AB put on Instagram. Quote, you're going to piss a lot of people off when you start doing what's best for you. Uh, and that's fine, exclamation point. I've worked my whole life to prove the system is blind to see talent like mine. Now that everyone sees it, they want me to conform to that same system that has failed me all those years. I don't know what this means. Uh, that's Ryan Wilson inserting editorial note there. Uh, AB goes on to write, quote, I'm not mad at anyone. I'm just asking for the freedom to prove them all wrong, end quote. Uh, and then he finally ends with this. Release me, Raiders. So his dream came true. Uh, John, if you're Drew Rosenhaus, who also had to deal with Terrell Owens 15 years ago doing sit-ups in the driveway while Drew Rosenhaus was yelling, next question, what 
are you doing with this Antonio Brown situation? I should point out quickly that he released a statement. Drew Rosenhaus said he's now done with the Raiders. Antonio Brown is, and now we're looking for his next opportunity. Well, let me first say that in that Instagram, what you mentioned, Antonio Brown says the system has failed him. The system just gave him $30 million guaranteed, and he set it on fire. So I'm not and John, sure. quickly, one thing. He has earned $69.9 million in his NFL career, 13th nice. among all wide receivers. So I guess this $30 million meant nothing to him. If I'm Drew Rosenhaus, I'm getting out my pocket calculator. I'm counting out exactly how much of that 3% commission I'm getting from Tyreek Hill's contract. Uh, and if it's enough to set me up for life, I'm getting rid of Antonio Brown. I don't want anything to do with Because here's the thing. You're not making any money off him down the road. There's no way he's getting a big contract after this. Definitely not after this season. Somebody might sign him to a prove-it deal, and we'll talk about landing spots later. But let's say he gets that prove-it deal and does well. Yes, he might get a bigger contract next season, but nobody is signing him to any sort of three-year, $50 million contract with $30 million guaranteed. So at this point, if you're an agent, it almost feels like a lost cause, and you're putting in all this effort with not a little payoff. So, Sean, we Or not a lot of payoff. Sean, we glossed over the YouTube video that came out uh, Friday night. I was angrily watching the U.S. Men's National Team lose another, another game. Um, I think I was the only person. Uh, me and Jason Lock on four. But what were your takes? First of all, the production quality on the YouTube video was out of sight. It was like a Nike commercial from back in the day with Spike Lee directing it. I don't think Spike Lee had anything to do with this. If he did, he probably wouldn't claim it at, at this point. They, and so they used the music that Moonlight used, too, which is an Oscar-winning Best Picture movie. So what are your thoughts on the production quality, the fact that A.B. released it when he did, and the fact that John Gruden was uh, being recorded, uh, as our Denny Burkholder wrote, uh, this call was being recorded for quality assurances. I'm sure that's what A.B. was thinking. Like, what's your take on that whole YouTube video? So it was, as you mentioned, an incredibly produced video that clearly took time to put together, which then suddenly brings in the question. Earlier that morning, he was apologizing to the team and saying everything's okay, so he knew this video was in production. This was not put together, you know, an hour before it came out. This had to be something they were working on for a while. So he went up there and apologized to the team, and Gruden said he was going to play, and he knew that he was probably going to be releasing this video in which he leaks audio of John Gruden. And that's the part I don't get, because this reminds me of, I mean, this feels like years ago, because this was at the very beginning of the Antonio Brown drama, when he was in his little Twitter beef with Juju Smith-Schuster, and he released that DM that Juju had sent him about Juju saying how he looked up to AB and wanted pointers from him. And Antonio Brown released that and was like, ha ha, look at this clown. And all of us were like, what are you talking about? This makes Juju look good and this makes you look the complete opposite. And my takeaway from the video was, I don't know what Antonio Brown wants our takeaway to be. Because John Gruden in that phone call comes across as totally reasonable. Um, I actually thought he came across pretty well and seemed like a, a coach that you'd want to play for. And he wasn't, you know, yelling at him. He was just being, you know, he was just setting the point. Like, we need you to play football. Do you want to be a Raider? And Antonio Brown keeps answering with this nonsense about how he wants to be a person and he has all these things that we're not seeing him as, which is kind of what he wrote on Instagram Saturday morning. I don't really understand what he's talking about. Because all these issues have stemmed from the fact that he got frostbite on his feet and then didn't get the helmet he wanted. And things kind of escalated from there. Is that what he's mad that he's not allowed to do, that he's not allowed to go get frostbite in the offseason and he's not allowed to fight over helmets? I mean, those are football issues. So I'm really just not clear what kind of person he wants to be off the field because it's not like this entire controversy is because he's off in Hollywood and he's making movies and the Raiders don't understand his film career. This is, these issues that have been plaguing the situation have been football issues. So I, I, I don't – I guess I'm confused by the video, and I'm guessing – 
we haven't seen the last of video. I mean, I feel like if they recorded that, they probably have more. And this is something that Antonio Brown's going to continue to document. Uh, so Sean touched on this, John. I want to get your thoughts. John Gruden sounded incredibly reasonable on that YouTube video when he knew he wasn't, when he had no idea he was being recorded. But the flip side of that is, okay, if you're uh, in the personnel department, a scout, if you're in the front office, if you're a coach, can you take John Gruden seriously when he basically said to Mike Mayock, at least over the first 24 hours of this, it seems like, listen, man, settle down with the getting punched in the face stuff. Don't worry about it. Antonio Brown's going to help our team. And then he has to do – his hand's almost forced to get rid of Antonio Brown after the the, the Instagram post and, and the sort of the, the pouting session. Where are you at if you work for John Gruden, whether you're a player, front office, scout, Mike Mayock? Well, I think anybody who works for John Gruden, whether you're in the front office, whether you're a player, you know who John Gruden is. You know his attitude. If you're talented, he wants you on the field. He's pretty laid back. He doesn't really care. As long as you produce, John Gruden wants you on the field, and he pretty much made that clear this week. Antonio Brown threatens to fight his boss, threatens to fight his general manager. Gruden's like, we can work past that. Let's keep him on the team. Antonio Brown releases a recording of a phone call of John Gruden and John Gruden's like, we can work past that. We can keep him on the team. But I think it just got down to the line. I think what happened probably at some point Friday was Mayock said, look, John, if you want to keep him, that's fine. This is on you. But if there's anything else, we have to dump him. And I'm sure Gruden probably thought, you know what? He apologized. There's no way there's going to be anything else. And definitely not in the next 24 hours. He'll be on the field Monday. I agree with you, Mike. And so finally, you know, if you reach John Gruden's boiling point, I mean – you have done something that I've never seen anyone else reach. It's like, have you ever seen John Gruden mad? No. So it's like, this is unbelievable that Antonio Brown forced his way out with John Gruden as his head coach. Any other coach would have cut him like a month ago at the very minimum. If he threatened the general manager, John Gruden was going to let him hang around forever. So I don't know what other coach he could play for if he can't last with Gruden. And also I think it's, to that point about how a lot of teams would have cut Antonio Brown a month ago, I just find it so absurd for the Raiders that that he spent this entire summer dealing with this headache because the rationale was he's that good and he's going to make our team that much better. And they made it through the summer. They actually did it. They somehow survived the entire summer. And then two days before their first game, that's when they cut him. I mean, they've just got to be looking back at this as like, why didn't we just cut him a month ago? Because we put up with this headache and we thought it was going to be worth it because we thought he was going to go out there and be Antonio Brown on the field. And it turns out they just waited until the last possible moment and then they cut him. So, John, um, much of the Twitter chatter on Saturday morning was Mike Tomlin's a genius. He deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. I think a couple guys tweeted that. Rich Eisen and, and Don Vanatta Jr., uh, NFL Network and ESPN, respectively. But my take has always been – even though Antonio Brown didn't show up for Week 17, uh, a must-win game for the Steelers last year against your Bengals and what could have determined the playoffs, if he had not shown up but didn't force his way to be traded, I feel like there's a good chance, 70% chance he'd still be in Pittsburgh. Um, do you think the Raiders would have actually gone through with releasing A.B. if he didn't put that on, on Instagram on Saturday morning about, I dare you to release me? No, I think they would have kept it. I think if they didn't. They purposely put it out there after that recording of Gruden came out Friday night that, hey, John's okay with that. We don't care. This isn't news to us. Let's move on. Like the Raiders were going to sweep that under the rug because it's the Raiders. And so I absolutely think that Antonio Brown would still be on the team if he had, if the Instagram post hadn't been released on Saturday morning. So he just kind of 
dug his grave. And you know the grave people say, hey, we're going to dig six feet. Antonio Brown got to six feet, and the Raiders kept him. He got to like 10 feet, and they're like, eh, let's maybe not keep him. No, let's keep him. And then now he's at like 20 feet, and they were finally like, okay, we're going to release him. So I do think he would still be on the team if he had not released that Instagram post this morning. Is there any chance – I mean – I feel kind of insane asking this, but given how insane this situation has been, it's probably not insane. Is there any chance this has all been premeditated by Antonio Brown that he didn't want to go to Buffalo, right? Um, presumably because Buffalo is terrible. And then maybe, you know, Rosenhaus is like, look, man, like these are the teams that are in on you. You got to go somewhere or stay in Pittsburgh. So he said, okay, I'll go to Oakland. It's not like the Raiders are better than the Bills. So why would he suddenly be okay with going to the Raiders? Because the and Raiders. What if- the Raiders were going to pay him, and no, not many other teams were going to pay him. That's also, but don't forget, like he showed up at Derek Carr's house, and according to David Carr on NFL Network on Saturday morning, who was up before you on the West Coast time working, by the way, Sean, he made it clear that Derek Carr and Antonio were – Derek was closer to Antonio than anyone else on the team. Or Antonio, and he had the best relationship, I should, I should say. So he had seen a lot of him. He said that uh, AB wasn't returning his phone calls in recent days. So it's not like he, you know, he like you hated Josh Allen. It's like under under no circumstance do I work with this person. I and by the way, he had a chance to earn thirty million dollars. All he had to do was show up for work and not talk. Well, he might not have known about the. I'm not saying Drew Rosenhaus was in on this, who would have known about it. I'm saying Antonio Brown didn't realize his guarantees could be avoided, and he was like, I don't want to play for this terrible team and in this let's, terrible let's stadium. So I'm gonna. I'm going to force my release and walk on over to the Patriots. Okay, but hold on, Sean. Here's the problem with that theory is that this man signed a $50 million contract that earned that included $30 million in guaranteed money, and now he's leaving Oakland $250,000 in debt. So like right. he made negative $250,000 in his eight months with the team because he had the $200,000 fine. He had the $50,000 in fines for skipping those two practices. So this guy somehow turned a $50 million contract – in a two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in losses, and so that I mean that's the mind blowing part here. By the way, we, we mentioned booming. <laughs> hey, quickly, Sean, before we, before you say something that I'll probably disagree with, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we have uh, Will Brisson has issued a statement, and I will read it on air after this break. Finger out sports media and a fan of oh my NC State Wolfpack for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes. It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed magic in Chicago, Michael in LA and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former sports center anchors, Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week of the podcast, Trey and Kevin will probably open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall. Legacies will change forever. New goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating 
out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, we're back. Sean, you interrupted me as you often do. Is it important or is it just some crazy theory you have? Oh, no, I was going to mention that David Carr, by the way, is is still tweeting. And he replied to a tweet about Drew Rosenhaus talking about how Antonio Brown's going to sign with a new team with a clown emoji. Um, And then he quote retweeted Ian Rappaport. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted a quote from Drew Rosenhaus. It's been well documented that it's been a rocky road from the beginning. Fortunately, not all relationships between players and teams work out. Everyone had the best intentions going in, but didn't pan out. And David Carr quote retweeted that saying lies, which indicates that Antonio Brown probably did not get, or according to David Carr, Antonio Brown did not have the best intentions going into it. All right, uh, Diva, the producer, please cut out that part. I fell asleep listening to Sean talk. All right, here's what Will Brenton said. <laughs> that was rude. You know what's rude about that is it's not going to get cut out. You just dunked all over me. Wow. Based. That was the meanest thing anyone's ever said to me on this podcast. I find that hard to believe. All right, Will Brenton at the NC State game. I'm not even sure who NC State's playing, but here he punched this out on his phone in between NC State turning the ball over, I'm sure. Here we go. Quote, first and foremost, this has been an arduous 48 hours. I'm not sure that I'll ever imagine podcasting 22 times in a two-week span only to miss the actual Antonio Brown is released podcast. I'm disappointing myself professionally. Uh, I echo that. Editorial comment from Ryan Wilson. And he continues, but if we're being honest, this $9, oh, God, this $9 old tuppy was not going to drink itself. Always on brand. Brinson continues, secondly, I would like to add that I feel completely and utterly vindicated by the result of this situation. My knee-jerk reaction was that A.B. would eventually be released by the Raiders, and it played out exactly how I described. The haters, they can suck it. Finally, <laughs> God bless America. God bless you all for listening and downloading, end quote. That is the most on-brand Will Brinson statement issued uh, in, in modern history. John, do you have any response to that? Uh, Wilson, I was going to say, you didn't even need to read it. You could have just known that's what he was going to say and said it. You know Brinson so well. We all knew what he was going to write. Yeah, so uh, that's where, where we're at there. Uh, let me check real quick. Uh, let, let's get to this really quickly. So um, where's Antonio Brown going to end up? Because Sean has a theory that maybe he didn't want to be in Oakland, and, and this is his way to work. It's a uh, crazy sort of nutty situation in terms of trying to work his way out of that, if that's his actual uh, strategy. So, Sean, I'll start with you. The the popular team is, is the Patriots. I think that's less than one percent chance, but maybe you have a different opinion. Yeah, and just on the Patriots front, Tyler Dunn Dune, um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, from Bleacher Report, tweeted that he asked an AFC scout now what the market's going to be like for Antonio Brown. The scout replied with one word: Patriots. So, I think that's obvious. That's, that's the most obvious landing spot for a number of reasons. I mean, I think the only teams that should be interested in Antonio Brown are teams with a legitimate chance to win the Super Bowl, where a risk like this is worth taking. So, I would just add, in addition to the Patriots, I mean, I think you could imagine Antonio Brown tearing it up in Andy Reid's scheme. Um, and Jared David on Twitter points out that the Chiefs have $15 million in salary cap space. Wait a second, though. How many receivers are they going to? He's not going to handle getting two targets a game. We'll just run five wide every every play. If you throw it ninety times, Wilson, then everyone gets at least ten. Look, targets. I think it's 
I, to, to Wilson's credit, I think there's, where is he going to be happy? I mean, I don't think anyone knows where he's going to be happy. And I think that's why maybe the front runner in this is he doesn't land, land anywhere because who wants it after what just happened this summer? Who wants to take him on? I'm just saying if someone does sign him, it's going to be a contender and you start thinking contenders that could use him. It's New England. It's the Chiefs. The Cowboys have a lot of cap room. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, I mean, Jerry Jones wants to make a splash. Cleveland has $33 million in cap space. Can you imagine Odell and Antonio Brown? It's, Odell's not the problem, and they're not, there's no way they're signing him. So, John, um, and the other issue, and I want you to address this, John, is who's going to pay him what he wants to be paid? Well, I, I have a couple more teams I want to add to this real quick. I think the Seahawks could be a potential landing spot because I think the one thing you need is a coach with an iron fist who has complete control of the locker room, obviously Belichick and Reed. Pete Carroll definitely also falls into that category. Fly up west and think about the Seahawks, what they've lacked for almost as long as Russell Wilson's been there is just a true dynamic number one receiver. I don't know what kind of money they would give him, and that's where I'm headed with Wilson's question. And I think the other two teams that would be interesting are the 49ers. You throw him, combine him with Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I mean, they've slowly built an offense that could be really good this year. He's already in the Bay Area. Maybe just give a call. John Lynch, give him a call. And, and that's something that I think Antonio Brown would listen to. And my third one is just the Dolphins because, as Sean said, and this is not – I mean, obviously the Dolphins are going to tank and be the worst team. But if he is really kind of losing interest in football, he's got a home in Miami, South Beach. That puts him near his house. He can kind of pay attention to his profession. Business is booming. And then his other profession, which is football – and so at least he's in his home area with people he knows, which is why I think he would think maybe consider signing with the Dolphins. But the money thing is just crazy because I cannot see any team giving him any sort of guaranteed money, maybe $5 million tops. So let's right. say, Antonio, we'll give you $5 million up front, and maybe that doubles to $10 million if you hit a bunch of escalators, hit a bunch of stats. But he's not going to get the kind of guaranteed money he wants. So that's what's going to throw a wrench in all this. And Drew Rosenhaus is literally going to have to say, look, man, you burned $30 million. Now you're going to have a $5 million – that's your choice. So there are no other options, and I think he might just end up going to the highest bidder too. I want Drew Rosenhaus to put something on Instagram and say, now you mess with my money, A.B. Uh, one thing, the Seahawks, I, I talked about this last week, and Brady Quinn talked about it a few weeks ago just in general when he was in training camp with the Seahawks. He said Pete Carroll was such a motivator that he had guys running through walls for training camp practices. So that, that seemed like a maybe a logical choice there. We know that Pete Carroll is really good with uh, guys who don't necessarily work out at other teams. Uh, Jonathan Jones of SI.com mentioned the Redskins as a possible landing spot. They have literally no one to throw the ball to. Jordan Reed's not playing in week one. And I do wonder, <laughs> I'd love to see Dave Gettleman sign Antonio Brown because they traded away Odell Beckham. And there's really no one there to throw the ball to. He and Eli Manning would be uh, a combustible situation to say the least. One last thing before we get out of here. Uh, in the midst of all the Antonio Brown drama, Sean, Julio Jones signed a new deal. Three years, $66 million extension, includes $66 million guarantee, 64 of which, uh, of which will be due at signing. And I'm guessing he won't do anything. He won't try to beat up Thomas Dimitrov. He won't anger the owner. He won't anger Coach Dan Quinn. He will just show up in week one. Uh, how do you feel about this deal for Julio Jones, who I think is – is he 30 years old yet? I think he's 31 all right, where are you at? Where where are you at on this? I mean, I I think this is he's thirty years old. I think this is exactly what we thought was going to happen. I mean, Julio Jones at the beginning of the summer was talking about how he had Arthur Blank's word and that he wasn't going to hold out because he knew the deal was coming. And there was some late drama this week that kind of made it seem like, uh oh, like where's the deal? Is he going to play? Um, but I think this is exactly what we knew was going to happen. Look, he's the complete opposite of Antonio Brown. They're right around the same age. Um, they're both getting up there, but one of them is not 
getting frostbite on his feet, and one of them is not, you know, holding out because of a helmet dispute. So I think it's a no-brainer. I don't think the Falcons have to be worried about this, and I feel good about it because I picked the Falcons to make the playoffs, and I don't think they can do that without Julio Jones. And they are- let me just add one thing real quick: is that Julio Jones has been battling a couple injuries, so giving him. 66, a fully guaranteed contract is a little bit risky. This is a Kirk Cousins deal, except at receiver for a guy who has been had a history of injuries. So, uh, you know, obviously he's one of the most talented receivers. It makes sense. But th- this is what, if he gets injured, that's why you don't give wide receivers fully guaranteed contracts. And on that note, Adam Schefter reports that 97% of the deal is guaranteed. The next highest um, guaranteed for a non-quarterback ever was Trey Flowers at 74%. So to, to breach his point, they really went in on the guaranteed money. Uh, the ironic thing is last summer, Julio Jones was working out with Terrell Owens. No issues there. Okay, uh, one last thing. An update on Monday night. The spread, Broncos are back to minus two and a half. They dipped to minus one after we learned 25 hours ago that AB was going to play. Now AB is no longer a member of the Raiders. So uh, we'll see what happens there. And finally, if this is your first time checking out the Pick 6 podcast, make sure to download and subscribe to us daily. On Apple Podcasts, we're daily, and often more than daily, clearly, when NFL emergencies happen. The Super Friends, including Will Brinson, who is not here, will be back tomorrow night to recap all the Week 1 action. Guys, thank you. Until we talk in 15 minutes for the next Antonio Brown Emergency Podcast.